Hi, I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions and our last week together in the book of Genesis. This is Genesis week 10, day one in our chapter, a day plan through the book of Genesis five days a week. That means we're in chapters 46 to 50 this week and in this book. Congratulations, you've made it through a study of the book of Genesis. The first book of the Bible has many of the first primary truths for our lives. It is life-changing to read what God did, not only in creation, but also in the establishing of his promise through his people. It is life-changing to see how God transforms our lives through his word and through his power. And my prayer is that God has changed your life through this study. We'll continue to this last week as we look through it together. My prayer is that he'll really solidify all that we've learned together through this book in this last week together of looking at this book. Remember, In this last section of Genesis, as we're looking through the life of Joseph, we have been looking at the fact that his life was designed and developed around a dream that God had given. And we've been talking about what it takes not only to receive the dream, but then once you receive it, how do you manage the dream? How do you begin to live out this dream that God has brought into reality in your life? And last week, we talked about the first four things you have to do. Number one, you have to develop discipline. Number two, you have to choose service. That's how you manage a God-given dream. You choose to serve. Number three, you always remember who owns the dream. And number four, you learn to forgive. It's part of managing a God-given dream. The fifth thing we learn is in these first couple verses of chapter 46. What do dream managers do? Number five, they finish the job. They finish what they've set out to do. They don't get halfway there and then stop. They don't get a little bit of the dream finished and think, well, that's enough. They go all the way through and they finish the job. Joseph, who had this incredible dream that he would raise to the highest leadership of some place. He didn't know it was Egypt when he first had the dream. When that dream came true, when he got the robe and the scepter, he could have said, well, that's good enough. I'll do a year of this and then I'll retire. But he didn't. He finished the dream. In fact, Joseph's most significant contributions came seven years after he even received the dream. He got raised to this position of power. He received the dream, and it wasn't until seven years later that his most significant contributions came. He fed Egypt during the time of famine after they had seven years of plenty. He moves Israel and his whole family to Egypt to be saved from destitution and possible starvation. That happens seven years later. When God gives you a dream, it's a long-term dream. And when you receive the dream, there is that moment of thrill. But then, then you live it out. You finish the job. Let me read for you what happens in Genesis chapter 46, verses 28 to 34. Now, Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. Remember, they're moving their whole family to, to Egypt, down to Goshen, a section of Egypt. When they arrived in the region of Goshen, Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to meet his father Israel. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and wept for a long time. Israel said to Joseph, Now I am ready to die, since I have seen for myself that you are still alive. And then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and speak to Pharaoh and will say to him, My brothers and my father's household who were living in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds, they tend livestock, and they have brought along their flocks and herds and everything that they own. When Pharaoh calls you in and asks, what is your occupation, you should answer, your servants have tended livestock from our boyhood on, just as our fathers did. Then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all the shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. Here is Joseph, he's still managing the dream. 
He's making sure that when his family moves down to Egypt from the promised land, that they are given one of the most fertile, one of the most promising parts of Egypt. And they do it by saying we're shepherds. And, and so Pharaoh says, because they didn't like shepherds, well, we'll just put you all together out here. In fact, we won't put anybody else out there. And they were allowed to have one of the best places in Egypt because of that. And Joseph knew this. He was managing the dream. But this didn't happen immediately. It only happened later. Now, I want you to especially notice as we see how God brought the children of Israel from the promised land down to Egypt. And some of you know this story. They're going to live in Egypt for 430 years. Uh, For a while, it's going to be good. But then uh, the Bible tells us that someone came in who did not know this Pharaoh who was so kind to the Israelites. And all of a sudden, everything changed. They began to be oppressed, and then they became slaves. And the slavery became a terrible thing to the people of Israel. And finally, Moses has to set the people free. That's going to be this 430-year history that the people of Israel have in the land of Egypt. I want you to notice something that happens in these verses. It's extremely important for understanding how God works in our lives. In chapter 46, going back to verses 1 to 7, listen to what happened to Jacob. So Israel, or Jacob, set out with all that was his. And when he had reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied. I am God, the God of your father, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you. I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. And then Jacob left Beersheba. And Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives and their carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport them. And they also took with them their livestock and the possessions they had acquired in Canaan. And Jacob and all his offspring went to Egypt. He took with him to Egypt his sons and grandsons and his daughters and granddaughters, all his offspring. So here they are on their way down to Egypt. And yes, here in this land of Egypt, they would become a greater nation. They would grow as a nation. But here, as I mentioned earlier, they would also become slaves. They would face the death of their own children at the hands of the Egyptians. They'd have to be set free by Moses from this terrible slavery. So what is happening in these verses when God says, I am the God of your father, don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. They were walking and riding right into the midst of God's will. But God knew. God knew that 400 years later they were going to face a great oppression. So why did he send them there? Why did he say to Jacob, don't be afraid to go there? Understanding the why of that is understanding one of the most important things in your life and my life for seeking the will of God. God's will does not mean that you are put into a place where there are no problems in this world. There is no such place in this world. It means, when you're put into the place of God's will, it means that even your problems lead towards the great things that God is doing in this world. It's not about where God places you in this world. It is about what God is doing in this world. And he wants to place you in a place where he can do what he is doing in this world. So yes, the people of Israel had to face a terrible slavery. But if they'd stayed in the land of Israel, they would have faced a terrible starvation. There's no escape from problems. The question is, am I in the center of God's will? And if I am, the fact that there are problems, he can use those. He can use those to show his greatness in this world. Even as he used the way that he set the people of Israel free from Egypt, taking them out by the Red Sea, splitting the Red Sea, building into the lives, their lives and our lives even today, a story of faith that's never to be forgotten. 
It shows who God is. If you think that because you're having problems in your life right now, it must mean you're not in the center of God's will, absolutely not. There is no place where you're not going to have problems in this world. The question is, where does God want you? And what does God want to be doing in your life? Now, I'm not saying that God does not protect us. He does. He protected the people of Israel as they went down to Egypt, making sure they were in the right place. And once he saw they were taken into slavery, he brought Moses in to set them free. God will protect you. He'll bring you out through the problems. But he doesn't protect us from ever having a problem. When you have problems, recognize that God is there, not only working in the problem, but to bring you through the problem to the place of greater glory for himself. And that's what it's all about. Let's pray together. Jesus Christ, thank you that you understand, you understand problems because you suffered while you were in this world. You suffered in the doing of God's will. You were every second of your life right in the center of the Father's will. And yet you suffered persecution. You suffered torture. You suffered even death. But Jesus Christ, that's not the end of the story. Your suffering is not the end of the story. God's glory is because God brought glory to himself through your suffering. Lord, you understand problems. And you see the problems that I'm having, that we're having right now. And as you see these problems, you know the good that you can bring out of them. You know how you're going to bring us through them. I pray you'd give us faith to see. Even when we can't see the answer, to see that you're at work and that we can trust you. And instead of running from problems, we'd run to you whatever the problem, and we trust in you. We ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to talk more about managing God's dream and finishing the job. <music>